Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. Stephen Major joins us to take a closer look at what's going on in the fixed income space ahead of the speech tomorrow from Fed Chair Jay Powell. Stephen is Global Head of Fixed Income Research at HSBC. He joins us from our studios in Hong Kong. Thanks for being with us. Let's begin with U.S. yield curve. I mean, we're seeing a greater inversion right now, and I'm wondering how you're reading this. The conventional wisdom is that it's talking about recession, but I think the timing of when one unfolds and the magnitude of a recession is up for a little bit of debate right now. I'm curious to get your view. What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, some measures of the yield curve have predicted about nine of the last three recessions. So <laughs> it, t- it tells you all you need to know. The, the, the curve measure that Mr. Powell looks at, I'm sure you're aware, the near term forward, it tipped into negative territory two or three weeks ago. So the near term forward is looking at the 18-month forward, three-month rate, minus the three-month rate. That's a that's a measure that he had had constructed on his behalf um, during the last cycle, and he, he has said that this is a more reliable indicator of recession. So it, it has actually led other measures. So let's just say it's probably a base case now that we're going to have a move towards a recession. And I mean, they don't seem to be troubled by this, and the Fed is not alone. The RBNZ, I think, is taking a similar position. Is this playing with fire, so to speak? I mean, could they inadvertently, because they've been so aggressive in front-loading rate hikes, could they inadvertently create something that is deep and lasting? It wouldn't be the first time there'd been a policy mistake. And the the interaction between the unemployment data, GDP data, and the the inflation data is wages. So, So what I'm saying is they they know that this has to happen for them to get near their target within the next couple of years. So wages are the important part of inflation. Much of the other stuff is going to wash through over time. If, if there's any risk that wages are going into an upward spiral, then then that's a problem. So so it, 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 has, it sort of has to happen. It's a bit harsh, but that's the reality. So how tolerant would they be of a much weaker growth? I mean, if inflation is still not near their target, do you think that this could be a prolonged exercise where rates do remain elevated for, for some time? Well, that, that, that's what they want us to think. But the market and our view is different. So uh, we're looking through to the other side already. And, and, and that isn't wrong, by the way. I'm just looking at the numbers. So so um, in all probability, uh, they'll, they'll hit a peak in the next few months and then the market will start to price a turn. It, it, it's already doing that. Um, just just looking at the data, the last 70 years, the, do you know what the median number of months between the last hike and the first cut is? Well, I'll tell you, it's four months. Uh, the mean is eight. 
because of the 2006-2008 period. Guess what the median core PCE is when the, when the first cut has come? It's 3.9, so let's call it 4. It, it just seems to me that it's not out of the question that we get to 4% core PCE next year and they're looking over the other side. I'm wondering, though, whether it's safe to apply historical data when you're dealing with a situation that is so unique as the one that we're dealing with now, Quite emerging right. right from the pandemic, yeah. where we're also unwinding a balance sheet in a massive way. That certainly throws uh, some complication into the picture, doesn't it? Yeah, you're quite right. And I normally... Um set up my presentation of data like that saying okay this is data mining i get it but i want the numbers and um it doesn't mean to say it has to happen but it's, it strikes me that um the fed is going to have to switch to both sides of the mandate at some point that they're laser focused as they say on inflation they want us to think that's the only thing that they're focused on and they want us to think that they're going to go to five or more and just stay there and stay there for as long as it takes. That's that's the message. If they stay there forever, then bonds should be yielding 5%. That's a simple maths uh, calculation. Uh, But today, we're trying to factor in the probability that that isn't what's going to happen. And uh, in the next, it it doesn't have to be in the next three, six months. I'm talking about within the next year, if we're moving into an easing cycle, the market won't price one cut, it will price a whole load. And that's why when you look at the weighted average of the short rates to derive what the yield should be, it's not wrong that we have a three-handle right now and that we could even have a two-handle. So when your research reaches the desk of bond trading desk at HSBC, give me the strategy that you're recommending. Well, our forecast is 2.0 for end of next year. Um, you could say that forecast is wrong, but by definition, the forecast isn't wrong till you hit the the, the horizon date. To, to me, yields will be lower, not higher. Uh, we want to receive duration here. And, and I think if, if you're talking about the wider fixed income, it's credit, IG credit, that would be favoured. And I think real money investors uh, recognize that. If you're trading credit, you can't just buy everything you need in one day. It takes months to build a position. Same thing. So, you would you would favor duration at this point in time, even in the IG space. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I think definitely in the IG space because if you, if you're a credit investor and most real money investors are invested in credit, you can't get the bonds you need in one day. I, I could probably get all the duration I need in treasuries and futures and swaps quite quickly, right? Right. But in in credit, it takes ages. Last question, Stephen. Thirty seconds. When you look at the price action in the equity market. Do you scratch your head and say, why don't they understand where we're going? I, I do. That's the short answer. I look at, <laughs> again, looking at the the log normalized accumulated, accumulative returns for bonds versus equities, bonds look cheap compared to equities. So at some stage, that has to sort itself out. Thank you so much for taking so much time to speak with us. Stephen Major is Global Head of Fixed Income Research at HSBC. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.